Hey, this is Taylor and welcome back to another message from Elevate Retake. This week we have a special speaker, Jonathan Coker, who's bringing us the message titled The Blessing. A key text we will be taking a look at is found in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23 through 28 and it should sound a little bit familiar. It reads, Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a sacred kiss. I command you in the name of the Lord to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Your engaged question to ponder as you listen to this message is how do you do something impossible? Good morning. My name is Jonathan Coker. I'm a teacher at Chisholm Trail Academy where I teach a little bit of English, a little bit of history, a lot of religion. I uh, help run a nonprofit that does some weird, crazy, creative stuff. We make plays and publish books and produce podcasts and things like that. And then I also get to help out here at Elevate where our uh, leader, Pastor Michael, has given me the illustrious title of creative director. It has just enough ambiguity to it that even I don't know what it means. Essentially, he just lets me do the things that I want to do and I get to skip out and all that. No. Um, So... That's who I am, and uh, I wanted to start off this morning by uh, thanking him for the opportunity to speak. He's always asking me to come out here and to preach, and I always say no, and the one time that I say, said yes, I told him the date that I was available, and I didn't know until afterwards that it meant that I would be finishing out this summer series, that I would get the end of the whole thing. So thank you, Michael, wherever you are. It's most appreciated. Now I get to go back and correct all the things you said. No, um, uh, I want to start off by welcoming all of you. If you are here for the first time, you're in the right spot. If you're here for the second or third or more time, you already know that. If you're online and you're uh, following us through cyberspace, hello, you're welcome. You're in the right spot. And if you're listening later on, on the podcast. You too are a part of our community and you are all welcome here this morning. Michael likes to say there is always room for one more. So the sermon the, today is over the, <laughs> it's over our blessing. Maybe it's altogether fitting and proper. Uh, maybe he planned this to stick me up here for this. This blessing that we've been reading together for years is the end of the letter to the Thessalonians. So we've been kind of working our way through that. And I thought this morning that I would start off by maybe being a little bit more open, a little more personal with you guys. This is probably a bad idea. I know later on that I'm going to rehearse and rethink all the things that I said here today and think I should have said that differently. Am I the only one that does that after a conversation? No, just me? Anyone? Okay, thank you. But I I think I'm going to try and be a little honest with you guys. For the past uh, few, not weeks, I'd say months, it's been getting a little bit harder and harder 
uh, to figure out what my place is here at Elevate. I didn't want to talk to anybody about this. In fact, I haven't even told Michael this. This has been difficult. I've been walking through this, uh, I've been reading through this book over and over again, all the while struggling because over the past few months, I've been running into friends and other people that have been coming to Elevate or hearing about what we're doing here, and they all want to come up and they want to say, wow, it's amazing, you guys have grown and all these great things are happening over there. And then they want to give you advice on how to make sure that you maintain all the good things that are happening or how to tweak the things that need to be tweaked or sometimes it's really good you know like uh, you, you'll hear from I'll hear from one of my friends from seminary and he'll tell me you know oh man you know I was working at a church plant once and we got really big and this other thing went wrong so watch out for that you really want to be careful and make sure everybody feels like they're they, they have the opportunity to be involved. Okay, all right, so we write that down. We want to make sure everybody feels like they have an opportunity to be involved. And you're getting all this unsolicited advice, and I start to sit, this, this, this thing starts to build in the back of my mind that maybe, I, uh, maybe I'm just not qualified for this. Man, I, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And by no means do I consider myself like the authority on anything. I... When we have our meetings, I look around at our table and I'm, I'm kind of awestruck by the, the talent that's shown up in our group. There are people sitting in that room right over there, probably three to five of them, that all of them smarter than me, working on things that I don't understand, all sorts of technical varieties. You've got another person sitting out in the audience right now making sure that the colors and the hues of the lights change from song to song and match all these things. You've got another person watching over all of the sound and everything else. And I sort of sit back and I wonder what is my space, what is my contribution, and I don't really know. I started to feel like an imposter. I don't know if any of you have ever felt like that, but I certainly have been. And it's this imposter syndrome that's been sitting in in the back of my mind as I've been reading through uh, the book of First Thessalonians, and I was telling Michael before I left, I'm kind of jealous I was starting to get upset that the church that's meeting in Thessalonica is getting these personal handwritten letters from Paul, like telling them exactly what to avoid and what to do and what not to do. And it's like, I want one of these letters to know what I should be doing and not doing. I want one of these. And the whole while, I'm kind of embarrassed and ashamed to admit it. I was reading through the book of Thessalonians over and over again, and it never dawned on me until you know, a few days ago, that this letter is very much the situation that we are sitting in today, that I am sitting in today. So let's back up for a minute. This is the end of this sermon series, and uh, Pastor Michael is very, very skilled and adept at going through things in a detailed manner. Uh, I want to go back through and kind of fly over the entire thing, kind of high for a little while, for a few minutes, kind of give a brief overview before we get to the last few verses, the last few sentences, because I think the context of the entire book resting in our minds before we read those verses is going to be helpful for us to glean from it uh, the full force and veracity that is, uh, that's in those texts. So this book, this letter written to the Thessalonians is an interesting letter because we think that it's the first letter that Paul has written. In fact, he writes it as a result of not being able to go back 
to visit with him. And you see evidence of this in the, in the letter itself. It says uh, that he had to leave because they, he was experiencing persecution. He, he and Timothy were having a hard time staying within Thessalonica, and they had to leave. They were driven out, or they would have been killed. And they, they kind of leave so abruptly that in the back of their minds, Paul's wondering, well, is this plant even going to work? We weren't able to spend that much time with these people. We weren't able to make that much progress, and we got shoved out of town right away. What are we going to be able to, like, I, he's not really expecting good news to come back to him, you know? So later on, Timothy comes back, and he tells Paul, and he says, hey, I got this great news you remember that little town, Thessalonica, when we were there for just a short while and we were talking to the people and, the, and all this stuff and then we, and they tried to kill us and we left? Well, they're doing really, really well. And so Paul gets excited and he wants to return to go and talk to them and to encourage them and to sort of just be what he, he misses them. This is an exciting piece of news. But instead, he has to write a letter. And that's why this letter is so different from many of his other letters. Paul doesn't like to waste ink. He has no problem pointing out people's errors and sins and problems. All of his other letters are filled with lots of advice about what they're doing wrong and how to fix it. But when you read through Thessalonians, the whole book itself is really split into two parts. And the first part of it is just a whole bunch of affirmation. He's just gushing over them, telling them what a great job they've been doing. They've been so successful and they've been growing like crazy. Are you seeing the parallels? Are you catching what it is that I'm, are you a little head nod I'm following? All right, cool. Thank you. I appreciated the head nods. Yeah. The whole first part of the book, he goes through step by step and he's just sort of telling them, man, it's been great. You guys are doing such an awesome job, and I'm so happy, and, you know, grace and peace to you, and it's wonderful. And then the second part of it, he sort of points out the different things that he thinks that they need to be doing in order to remain healthy and successful. And this, these two parts, this affirmation and this advice, are sandwiched, kind of like a club sandwich, you know, like the, the sandwiches that are so big that they, like, they have bread and then they have sandwich stuff, and then they have more bread, and then more sandwich stuff. And they, you know what I'm talking you, know you have a little device. Look up Club Sandwich. You know what I'm talking about. All right. So he's got this letter, and he starts it off with a prayer or a blessing. He goes through the affirmation, has another prayer blessing, goes into his advice, and then ends with a blessing. That's what we're talking about today is that last blessing. So this advice that he gives them, we've already gone through it. We've been going through this entire series, and Pastor Kilgore was here, and he talked a little bit about uh, the, the ethics of re, uh, maintaining integrity in our relationships with one another, not just sexually, but through all the other things that we are, inter uh, through all the other ways that we are interacting with each other. Uh, we have to maintain integrity uh, we have to maintain integrity in our, in our relationships. And then he also uh, tells us that it's important for us to, to essentially, I'm summarizing, love one another, to be kind to one another, to be gracious to one another. And so I'm sitting and I'm looking through this and I'm looking for this advice, right? How do you do impossible things? How do you take a church that's just experiencing a massive amount of growth and all these good things and make sure that they stay on this track. Well, he gives his advice. He says it's in the relationships. You've, you've got to maintain these relationships. And then he pivots and points out that it's impossible. 
you can't do it. He, he, calls, he calls the people of Thessalonians to Thessalonica to do the impossible. This is not a new thing, though. Christians are always called to do impossible things. You guys remember, I don't know, the Red Sea or calling down manna from heaven or like it's just a whole long laundry list of impossible things. My favorite impossible thing story is the feeding of the 5,000, where the disciples come up to Jesus and tell him, hey, this whole crowd is so hungry, and uh, you, we should send them away so they can go get some food. And Jesus tells them, no, you don't send them, you get them something to eat. He knows the disciples don't have enough food to feed them. All they have is two fish and five little pieces of bread. It's not enough, but it's all that they have. And you'll notice by the end of the story, not only was it enough to go ahead and feed everybody, but they ended up with more than what they started with. See, God is in the habit of calling us to do impossible things because it forces us to have to go back to the source, the author, the contributor, the being that's capable of doing impossible things. And then we're there and we're finally listening and willing to talk with him. Yeah, so impossible things. So uh, we, get into, uh, we get into the blessing now with this understanding that we've been called to do the impossible. And Alex, I'm going to ask you to go ahead. There we go. All right, so we're going to just sort of jump into the text now. Actually, if you guys wouldn't mind, before we jump into the text, do you, uh, well, even if you do mind, I'm going to pray. All right, so there it is. I'm going to pray, and you can come along with me for the ride if you want to. Dear Lord... Uh, before uh, we read this text, before we go about the difficult task of coming together as a community and trying to wrestle with the scriptures, we ask for you to enter this space for you to help us, for you to show up in this, this place and not only imbue us with your spirit, but to whisper in our ears and point us in the right direction. We are going about the impossible work this morning of understanding this thing that you've called us to do. And so we come to the source, the author of impossible things, and we ask for you to help us. And I know that you will, because you always have in the past, and because I'm asking in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, next slide. Ha, there you go. So we're going to break this apart. Here we go. You guys ready for a little bit of fun? Ah, this is going to be great. Any of my students in the room are probably rolling their eyes. I love this. This is great. This is going to be fun. So may God himself. So we, we work our way all the way to verse 23, and he says, may God himself. And we stop there for just a moment because uh, he's, he's starting off by saying, uh, this is something that God is going to do. May God himself. This is not, this is a, this is, this is a, 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 a plea, uh, not plea, a direct, the, yeah, okay, we'll go with plea. Oh, I forgot how to talk this morning. I'm sorry. So this is a plea for God to be directly involved in our lives. This is not a standoffish God. This is not some sort of separate, you sit over there and God's over here. This is a direct involvement from God. May God himself. So God is directly involved in this blessing. God himself. The God of, you can go to the, there we go. The God of peace. And so he qualifies and gives God another characteristic over here. The God of peace. That's me, isn't it? And so peace and, and a Hebrew mindset is more than just not fighting. 
Like in English, peace means like an armistice, like the, the, the cessation of, of you know, uh, military endeavors, right? Peace. If there's peace, that means people are... That's not the exact definition when you look at it like a Hebrew mindset. Peace is when you take something that is broken, you take the pieces of it, and you put it back together again and make it whole. So may God himself, this, this direct involvement, the God who takes broken things and restores them, sanctify you through and through. So there it is. There's, that's, that's the rest of the secret sauce right there. If you are being sanctified through and through, to sanctify something means to invite, to have the Holy Spirit's presence over it. Have you been called to do something impossible lately? You all have, by the way. You just don't know it if you're not unaware of it. Um, doing impossible things requires the Holy Spirit. And so he sticks it in the blessing. You guys seeing how everything here in these last few verses is, is, is like connecting back with all the other things, all the other sermons, all the other verses, everything that has come for, uh, before, earlier in his letter to the Thessalonians. He's, he's, he's trying to trigger the memory because he's, the, you know, you read it out loud and now you get here and they're thinking, well, how do we do these things, Paul? And he says, it's okay. You can't ask for help from the Holy Spirit. And he moves on. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, so this means all of you, not part of you, not some of you, not a little bit of you, not 99.99% of you, but your entire being be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's another big theme. I think Pastor Swoops, Pastor Swoops, was preaching on this one, right? I'm getting them a little mixed up. I had to watch them all online, and I, uh, yeah. There's this uh, reoccurring theme of, of, uh, of this kingdom of God theology, which is going to be something that we're going to be talking about later on in the fall. When we get to this kingdom of God theology, what we realize is, so Jesus says this interesting thing in the Gospels. He says, the kingdom of God is at hand. If I tell you something is at hand, what does that mean? Does it mean that it's going to happen later or is it happening presently? It's present. So when Jesus tells everybody the kingdom of God is at hand, he's, it's, so in other words, the second coming is not just a promise of what is to come. It's a promise of what is being done right now. The kingdom of God is at hand. Have any of you ever experienced a beautiful moment? I've experienced some beautiful moments with my students rafting down the Rio Grande in the Big Bend biology trip. Yeah. Have you ever experienced a moment with your family, maybe a Christmas morning or a Sabbath afternoon? Those moments that you have where you're like, wow, this is great. That's the kingdom of God at hand popping up in this world right now. It's beautiful. The promise isn't about just what is to come. It's here right now. The one who calls you is faithful. Now, the one being God calls you as faithful. Have we ever, I mean... Have you thought often about how faithful God is to you? I've heard a lot of sermons about how I need to be faithful towards God, not heard as many about how God is faithful towards me. Our God is faithful. He's consistent and fair and dependable. In other words, if he says he's going to do it, it's as good as done. And he will do it. 
Yeah, good is done. Good is done. Have an impossible task. It's all right. What do you do? Call on the Holy Spirit. The Lord says he's going to do it. He's going to take care of it. Interesting, no? Well, there's a little bit more to it. Let's keep going. The second part that we don't ever read together, but we kind of probably should because it's so cool, is this part where he says, go ahead and go, go, uh, uh, go to the next uh, slide. There you go. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Who's us? Paul and Timothy and the leaders of the church. Maybe it's good that Michael's not here today. How often have we stopped and prayed for our pastors in church? He's eliciting prayers. I don't know. Maybe we need to do that today before we go. Maybe we need to do that right now. Let's have another prayer. Dear Lord, I want to ask, I feel convicted in this moment to ask for your blessings and your outpouring on our pastors here at this church and in our church at large. I ask for your continued involvement, for your, uh, for your watch care and protection. I ask that your will would be done. And so we pray in Christ's name. Amen. He goes on and he says, greet all of God's people with a holy kiss. Now, okay, hold on. He said, holy kiss. He said, holy kiss. All right, I don't want to walk out to my car after church today and see a whole bunch of fish lips. No, 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 no. This is... Don't read into it. It's just about being kind towards, towards one another. Okay, you can go look it up later on, but just, right? Uh, go on. We're not going to make camp here. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. This, this is big language for Paul. He does not pull out these words very often. And he ends his letter saying, now you need to go and share this with everybody else. It's a command. In fact, and, and, and a command that he uses uh, in, in God's name. In other words, the, 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 the letter found here in Thessalonians shouldn't stop right here. It's supposed to go on and go further and spill out and be read. He's also trying to establish a tradition because he hasn't written any of these letters before. And later on, it becomes kind of normal that they reread them from time to time and share them with other people. I'd like to think that there might also be in this uh, some need for us to go and share outside of our community. And then he ends with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Hmm. So, how do you do impossible things? Turns out you can't. It's not possible, but that's why he asks us to do it. I don't know what thing, what, what particular mission or ministry or thing, whatever, that God has called you to, but I know that in the back of your mind, you're, I guess that you're probably aware of something that you think needs to be fixed, and you probably think there's no way that I will be able to do it, and you're absolutely right. But you're not supposed to stop there. That feeling is supposed to drive you back to the cross and encourage you to connect to the source. 
I can't do all these things. You can't do all these things. But I know that my God is faithful. And he will do it. Grace and peace to you all. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Jonathan, for that incredible message. It was really cool to learn a little bit more about the blessing that we always say at the end of Elevate every week. That was refreshing. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed this message and stay tuned later this week where we will come out with another episode of Elevate Retake where we get to sit down and dig a little bit deeper into this message and what the word is really telling us. Thank you so much for your support of this ministry and we'll catch you later.